We might be too young to have a spotted cow, but we are both diehard Packers fans. I could talk about this for hours. He was my legend. He was my quarterback one. Taysom Hill, forever in my heart. We have a kind of a reputation of being the young, the young diehard fans. How was that, Dr. Pepper Taysom? Amazing. Hey, good. Let's keep it over 25 minutes, all right? Going, everybody. This is Joey here at the Underage Packers podcast. As frustrating as the loss might be against New York, we are back here at the Underage Packers pod to hopefully lead you in to a victory against New York this weekend at Lambeau Field. Joining me is my sometimes optimistic, sometimes very pessimistic co-host. We'll see where his temperature is at today, but it's Big B. How are you feeling today? Um... Is the queen wave, I think maybe you should retri- retire the queen wave now that she's dead. Um, yeah, good point. But, you know, I'm probably going to do it again. Tradition. Yeah. <laughs> Tradition. Okay. Well, uh, today we'll be recapping that game against the Giants. Hopefully no yelling and screaming. And then we'll preview the game against the New York Jets. So, man, I, can we, let's just put this Giants game in the rear view mirror, okay? Let's just try to do that today. All right. First thing I got to say, because most of my frustrations with this game, I think, can be drawn back to one central point. And to emphasize that point, I would like to play this clip uh, from our friend Aaron Nagler. Oh, Oh my God. Coach the team you have. You are not that team. What in your entire existence has led you to believe that you can run it up the middle on the Minnesota Vikings? Coach, the team you have. Matt LeFleur, watching the Packers is like watching a a student go into high school who knows they are pretty dumb, but they want to reinvent themselves in high school so they sign up for all these honors and ap classes and whatever because they want to they want to be smart but when they realize that they suck and they can't do these ap and honors classes they can't keep up with it and their gpa goes down because they suck aren't meant for those classes like and instead of just sticking to their talents taking classes met for lower level and, you know, allowing their JEPA to be stable, you know, like they, they just had to take the more difficult option. And that's what the Packers are doing here. You know, stick with me. They're not utilizing their talent to put them in a position to succeed, as Matt LeFleur like to say, over and over and over again. I cannot believe what this offense is running like without Devontae Adams. And the fact that the narrative, the easy narrative to go along with now for the national media mostly, is that, look at this. Who could have saw it coming? The Packers' offense sucks without Devontae Adams. When that shouldn't be the case. That doesn't have to be the case, right? Like, there is going to be a drop-off from at least a wide receiver position and more than likely the offense from losing Devontae Adams. But the Packers knew this. We're playing for this case since March. And it's not like they don't have talent outside of Devontae. Sure, the wide receiver room is pretty bleak. Sure, Devontae or Al Mazard, Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, they're not to be meant to be wide receiver ones, and they certainly cannot fill Devontae Adams' shoes. But they have other talent. 
they have Aaron Jones. They have A.J. Dillon. So the fact that they're not adapting their offense at all, they're still trying to play like they have Devontae Adams lining up for them, is unbelievable to me, especially when you look back at past games like Arizona of last year where they had nobody at wide receiver, and they were able to function on offense because they adjusted and you know played to their talent. And I can't remember who it was, and if I'm even making up this quote or if it's real at all, but there, I think it was Bill Belichick who said, you got to, you know, play with the team you have and, you know, play to their strengths. Actually, that's a really generic quote. Every coach has probably said that. But you got you to gotta play to your team's strengths. So it's just so frustrating for me to see that. Same on the defensive side of the ball, too. Um, you know, you have a bunch of talent. And the fact that the Packers defense is calling plays and scheming up as if they don't have, what is it, eight first-rounders on their team is really frustrating. Um, Digby, what are your thoughts on this Packers loss against the Giants? Yeah, I'm just, as a whole, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated with the coaching. I'm frustrated with the offense. Frustrated with defense. Not frustrated with the special teams. That's a first. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I'm just more frustrated with Joe Barry playing the corners off, like, a thousand yards off the line of scrimmage not putting him in the best position possible to win. Like, I just don't know what he's doing back there. It really pisses me off. And, you know, I kind of flushed this game already. If we did this early in the week, I would have in a monstrous rant right now. Yep. But, you know, I'm just not feeling it. I already flushed the game down the toilet. And I'm just ready to get behind this. Yeah. And the thing that is also really hard to watch is how predictable this game has become. You know, a lot of people mentioned that the Packers have played the same game all season. You know, besides Minnesota, that was a complete disaster. But And since week two, they've been playing the same game where they start off hot on offense, and then they kind of drag off, and the defense doesn't play well all game. And the other team, they kind of let them get back in it. And this time against New York, they ended up taking the game. Because the Packers just don't know how to manage a second half, as it would appear. And there's so many sequences of the game that are just so predictable. Like, I was thinking of drawing up a tweet of, like, bets that you are sure fire to win for the Packers. And one of them would be, like, uh, a, a series in the fourth quarter, a really important series in the fourth quarter, where Aaron Rodgers goes three and out. Uh, he passes the ball 20 yards downfield every time, and he misses so poorly on everyone. It's not even like his con- a contested catch that the defense wins. So, you know, there's that. It's getting away from the running game. It's a crosser going over the field for eight yards. It's, you know, Russell Douglas getting burnt on a route 80 times. Ah, my God. I am hoping this has not become the identity of the 2022 Packers. Um, I'm hoping this is the slow start that we were kind of expecting. But, man, losing to the New York Giants, because we were expecting this game to be kind of an easy game to not rebound on because they won against New England, but a game to kind of resurface, reestablish themselves because they didn't play the best game against New England, but then they come out and play that same exact game against the Giants. So really frustrating to watch, and I would wish – I would like to say the same thing that the this Jets game has a possibility of being that restabilizing game, 
But hey, man, I how they played last week, they got to play better and they got to play hard to be able to beat the New York Jets, who currently have the same record as them and just scored 40 in Miami. Yeah. So speaking of that Jets game, let's head into it. Main part um, on this Jets team is Robert Sala and his defense. He has finally gotten some some talent on there. He, the players that the Jets have been developing have gotten to their primes. They've developed fully. You have Quinn and Williams. They're a great defensive tackle. Uh, we all remember him from sneezing and then blessing himself and then thanking himself too. So Quinn and Williams, the dual man. Um, the the defense kind of seems underrated for the talent they have there. Obviously, they have the young corner and Sauce Gardner, Ahmad, um, but they just have a lot of underrated pieces. Um, Big B, what are your thoughts on this young Jets team? Did you just call me baby? <laughs> no, I said Big B. Okay, that like really came together as one word, and I kind of oh, got God. But yeah, they got a super um, underrated defense. You, like you said, they scored 40 points last week, and their defense only gave up 13. To be fair, the um, Dolphins' offense is really banged up. I don't, I don't know how much time Tyreek Hill missed in that game, but he certainly wasn't there for the entire game. Mm-hmm. Packers are really going to have to play good on offense if they even want a chance to win this game. You don't even know what the defense is going to do. Really, we got to play first half of last week for all 60 minutes this week. Yep. And we'll be locked and loaded. Yeah, the personnel of the Jets does not even matter because the mm-hmm. only reason the Packers have lost their two games is because of themselves. They're shooting themselves in the foot over and over again, and they have so much talent. That is just not being utilized at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I just said the Jets personnel does not matter at all. But, um, you, you know, you have Quinton Williams on the defense. And then also on the offense, what has led the Jets offense so far, going between Joe Flacco, who through three weeks was like fourth in passing yards, which is kind of insane in the year 2022. Yeah. But uh, the main part of their offense, besides Zach Wilson, the second-year quarterback, is going to be their running back. I mean, it's pretty much a trio, but you have Michael Carter and then Brees Hall. Uh, Hall coming from Iowa State, um, the recent draft pick, and then Michael Carter as well. Uh, They're coming off uh, 197 yards combined, um, both receiving and rushing against the Dolphins. So they they just ran the ball down the Dolphins' throat all game. Hopefully that's not the case uh, uh, at Lambeau on Sunday. But, man, I think this is kind of a make-or-break game for the Packers. Um, not necessarily – you know, it's kind of dramatic. But, um, like Jair Alexander said after this Giants game, I will start to be concerned if the Packers lose this game against the Jets. And the fact that it's a home game, too, adds to it. And Packers Twitter, along with me, usually when Packers Twitter is having a day, I'm, you know, disassociating it from all the lunatics on there, but Packers Twitter will rightfully so be livid if the Packers lose to the Jets, Mm -hmm. especially if it's in, well, in any fashion, but if it's in the same fashion that it was against the Giants, man, it's going to be frustrating. And no matter, uh, you know, if the Packers come out firing in the first half, I will have to take that with a grain of salt for sure. So, hey, man, Packers, got to turn it up this game i know i'm usually super optimistic for packer games 
But at this point, I just I just feel like we're gonna lose every game now. Like I'm not, <laughs> I got no expectations. I'm just gonna mm. go into it, hope nobody gets hurt, and hopefully the Packers somehow get a win. Absolutely. Um, now I wanted to bring this conversation up that I had with uh, a couple of friends, or uh, I don't know if I'd call them friends. Not that I hate them, but like you know, just acquaintances at school that knew I was a Packers fan, and they were talking in the parking lot, walking out of school, they were talking about fantasy. And one of them has A.J. Dillon, and one of them has Aaron Jones. And this is just kind of a funny conversation that I had with them because I was like, hey, I have A.J. Dillon on my fantasy team too, and, you know, I I think both of them are great. One of them was arguing that Dillon was better, and I was like, well, hey, I mean, they both have their their skills. They're very different players, and if they're used complementary, to each other, then they'll both be great. And the the thing that capped it all for me, though, was um, one of them, the guy that has Aaron Jones saying, I want them to run the ball every play, except if they throw it to Dubes. I like Dubes. I have them on my fantasy team. <laughs> and internally, the part that made nobody want, uh, made nobody in, like, fifth grade want to talk to me about football because I'd be such a nerd about it, like, I really had to hold that part of myself back in that instance. Um, so, hey, I got Dylan on my fantasy team, but when the Packers game is on, I could not care less about yes. fantasy. We'll check that after. Um, now, I mean, I don't have to worry about anybody having a Jets player this week in fantasy because I, I don't think anybody has any Jets player on their team, to be honest with you. Yeah. Hey, Jets have been a decade of rebuilding. Let's not allow ourselves to be the win that powers the Jets through to a new decade of football over there in New York. Although this was, I think this was the first time in like a while now that both teams of New York have had a winning record. So, Hey, they're making progress over there in New York. Congrats guys. Earn a cake. Yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal. So that's all we have for you today on a, kind of shorter episode here at the underage Packers podcast, but we appreciate you tuning in as always make sure you keep your eyes peeled these next few weeks, because I am so incredibly excited for some guests that we're going to have coming in the following weeks, maybe reconnecting with some old friends. I cannot wait. So once again, say it all the time, but thank you so much for listening, tuning in, even following us anywhere at Underage Packers Podcast, and we'll talk to you later. Let's get this win and go Pack Go.